0: Hello, and welcome back to the third episode of Out of Bounce. As always, I'm your host, Spencer Brown. And joining me today, as always, are my two co-hosts, Casey Reardon. Hello. And Dalton Bishop. Hey. So for today's episode, we kind of have a lot more structure. I mean, we always have structure, but we'll begin with everyone's favorite, the NFL, followed by a little bit of baseball, a little bit of hockey. And then we'll finish the show off with our first-round predictions for the NBA playoffs as they start tomorrow or today, depending on when you're listening to this. And so we'll just dive right into it. As always, you can follow us on Apple, Spotify, or Google. And also, feedback is encouraged. We appreciate all the feedback we can get to help improve this podcast to make it an enjoyable listening experience for you guys. So we'll begin with the NFL and... I believe it was Thursday, we had basically National Tight End Day out for NFL. The tight end market getting reset with Travis Kelsey from the defending champion Kansas City uh, Chiefs signing four-year, $57 million extension. And then George Kittle, the opponent in the Super Bowl from the San Francisco 49ers, signing for five-year, $75 million extension, which is the largest for a tight end. So I'll begin first with Dalton. What are your thoughts on these extensions? Basically reset the market for tight ends. Because obviously these two guys were the starting tight ends for the Super Bowl this past year. And both definitely deserving of it. So Dalton, what's your thoughts on this?
1: I think it's great that these tight ends are getting the money that they deserve. Because they've put up great numbers over the past few years.
0: Yeah, I saw somewhere, I think, my, my actually my supervisor at work is a huge 49ers fan, and we were talking about it, He's like, yeah, if George Kittle was listed like a wide receiver, he would be the 12th highest paid wide receiver. So they're getting the wide receiver money that we haven't really seen a tight end in the past, even though these guys are definitely deserving of it.
1: Most definitely.
0: Casey, what are your thoughts on uh, Kittle and Kelsey getting these big extensions?
2: Kelsey definitely deserves it, but I think it's a little early to get give- – Um, Kittle all that money. I mean, he's really only had one or one breakout year, right?
0: He's had two. I think it was a couple years where he led the league and reception. I could be wrong on that, but I know he's been good the last two years.
2: Yeah. I mean, that's a fairly new breakout for a tight end that you're giving the most money to in the history of tight ends. Yeah. I mean, he was a fifth round pick just a few years back. So this is his second contract.
0: He's only made, I believe I heard today, only $2 million, in his entire career up to this point. So, I don't know, maybe the $75 million you can argue, is a little too much. I think it was a little, I mean, large for a tight end, you can't really argue. And, of course, by next year, someone's probably going to pass. I don't know who hits the market next year. But we know how the market works, especially with quarterbacks, is every single year they just reset the market value. And also the salary cap generally goes up, although with COVID, we don't know how it's going to be next year. And other news with extensions, Kenny Clark for the Green Bay Packers signed a four-year, $70 million extension, the largest ever for a nose tackle in NFL history. So I'll begin this with Casey, who is a Green Bay Packers fan and has been following Kenny Clark's career since he was drafted out of UCLA. So, Casey, what's your thoughts
2: on Clark? Deserving? Too much? Too little? Um, time will tell. I mean, I was a little bit surprised to find out – Offered this big of a contract. Uh, I mean, I haven't really regarded him as the highest. I haven't always had it held him in the highest regards, but last year he definitely proved his worth, and two years ago he's really starting to come onto the scene. But I don't think he deserves the highest pay tackle or no tackle in history money, but I do think he definitely deserves a nice payday, and I'm glad he's uh, staying with us for the next couple of years.
0: Yeah, I mean, who else do you guys have up in the D D line that front on the defense? Dean Lowry. Yeah, so Clark's gonna be probably in these double teams, and I mean, again, like it's not gonna be. And then we surprised. have the
2: Darius Smith, and then we have the Smith brothers playing on the um, line sometimes, but they're positioned at linebacker.
0: Yeah, they're the edge rushers. I mean, that's a huge signing because Green Bay's defense was very good last year, sans the conference title game, which we're not gonna talk about. But, I mean, that defense should be formidable for the next couple of years, and who knows, maybe we'll see Green Bay back in the Super Bowl again. Hopefully. And other also news, and this is an extension base, but just a um, very surprising, I'm not surprising, but just something you tip your hat to, Alex Smith, who many people remember a couple years ago base, almost lost his leg with a gr- gruesome injury to the uh, his leg. That He is now officially cleared for football activity after almost two years off. Just the uh, recovery that he's put – I mean, I don't see, like, who else could be comeback player of the year at this moment in the NFL. I think just the way he's battled back from all these surgeries, nearly losing his leg, and to the Washington TBDs to be determined. I mean, I know Jordan hass is probably going to be the starter this year, but Alex Smith is going to step onto a football field at least for – one play, maybe it could be a neat end of the game or it could be throwing some passes. because they just ceremoniously he'll play at least a snap or two this year. But I'm just happy because he's been very exciting from his time in San Francisco, his time in Kansas City. He was a starter, then he got shipped off when they drafted him after they drafted Mahomes, sat in Mahomes for a year. But I mean, just the recovery and like Casey, you're a medical expert compared to the two of us here, the three of us. So, like, did you expect to see Alex Smith ever again back to this when that first happened? Not a chance. Like, see, like nobody. I mean, this is just the will that he's had to work back. The fact I mean, that he still even has his leg is a medical miracle. Yeah, it's crazy. And I mean, I I see comeback player of the year. I don't know who else you give it to because no one's battled back. Because when it what happened, said- it was. Swinter. like yeah, you said
2: earlier, um, Antonio Brown for a uh, mental health comeback player of the year.
0: <laughs> if he does ever come back, I mean, I've seen maybe – like before I probably would have said Gronk maybe. He, like he's the name because he retired. But, I mean, he just retired and came back. But Alex Smith just battling back from all this. And when it happened, I remember comparing it, people were comparing it to uh, another Washington quarterback, Joe Theismann, whose career ended on a similar hit back in, I think, the 80s. So and it was like the same exact day, like it was some in November. I forget the exact day, but it was like a lot of similarities. The fact that Smith is, first off, that he still has his leg is a miracle. Second off, that he's actually wanting to play football. I mean, that is just a testament. Don, what are your thoughts on Alex Smith's recovery?
1: I think it's I think it's great because he he was a he was a he was a good player before he got injured, and I hope that he gets back out on the field and plays for the Reds for the Washington team. Excuse me.
0: Yeah. To be determined. Whenever they announce the name, we'll we'll have it for you on the
2: show. I mean, Spencer, we we gotta, we could be having a possible <laughs> quarterback controversy if we see him get healthy because he was six and three before he got
0: injured. Yeah, and I mean, I, I like Haskin had a great year at Ohio State. I think it was the most touchdown passed by Ohio State quarterback when he was there. His one season starting bit. I mean, they got a new coaching staff, Ron Rivera. He didn't he doesn't have any ties and loyalty to Dwayne Haskin or Alex Smith. Washington also could be in the quarterback market next year in the draft, depending on how the season goes. And also draft is, like, really questionable. But Ron Rivera is a brand-new coach. has no loyalty to any of these players. So, I mean, I definitely would love to see Alex Smith winning out. But I just think you got to be, like I – I mean, I don't know how costly it would be. It's been two years almost. But I still I, – you don't want to
2: rush him back, obviously. I mean, yeah, exactly, because – if y'all you, you saw that video of him being showered in champagne by his family, it looked like he was having a little bit of trouble walking. I mean, rightfully so. I mean, you almost lose your leg. You got to learn how to walk again after that. I mean, yeah. anybody you remember Kevin Ware, I mean, this injury puts that to shame.
0: Yeah, I mean, that was so brutal. I even, but I'm just happy that he's healthy. I mean, I didn't think it was going to cost him his life. I, mean, I think it, it could have potentially, at least his leg. In fact, I mean, this is just a testament. I mean, no matter what team you cheer for, I think everybody can be happy that Alex Smith is doing fine now. Anyway, as we shift gears over to MLB, we were scheduled for Saturday was supposed to be the day that all 30 teams played for the first time since, I think it was, like, July 24th or 26th. Some day in July when the season just started. Because we all know the Marlins had coronavirus outbreak on the team. Then the Cardinals had, it seemed like a month. It was, like, actually, like, two weeks off. The Cardinals finally returned to baseball on Saturday. But the Cincinnati Reds, Friday night, they beat the Pirates. But Anonymous player who, we are not, I mean... Many people are speculating that it might be Nick Senzel, but there's no confirmation one way or another on that. But anonymous Reds player tested positive for coronavirus; they've had their games postponed. But the Cardinals are off to a three and one start since coming back. They won both games of doubleheader on Saturday against the White Sox. So, did you ever? I mean, obviously, I think we all thought it would come soon, but did you think it'd be? As recently as Saturday, that the Cardinals come back? I'll start with Dalton. Did you think the Cardinals would come back as early as Saturday, or do you think they'd be practically done for the year?
1: No, I didn't think that they would come back as early as Saturday. I mean, I thought that they were going to come back, but I didn't realize it would be so soon. Yeah. Hopefully
0: they have it all under control in St. Louis because they're going to make up so many games in so short of a time span. I think they have, like, most of the games already scheduled, and it would – Um, round out to be 58 games completed by the the end of the season but they have like two days like a day to make up two more games if need be. Casey, what's your thoughts on the St. Louis Cardinals finally returning to baseball?
2: Well, you know me, Spencer being a Cubs fan, I obviously don't like them but um, I do think that it is a little soon for them to return. I mean, we we still don't know just how serious the outbreak was And it was of their own doing. I mean, they went to a casino. I mean, there should be some penalties for them because they put the entire league season at risk.
0: Yeah, I definitely agree. Also, this came out today. One of my friends texted me this. According to John Hyman from MLB Network, new MLB COVID rules, players who test positive can apply to return to play in 10 days, even if they continue to test positive, but they need MLB to okay it. Which I think is dumb. I mean I think ten days, yeah, you should be able to return, but if you continue to test positive like yeah. okay, like we can argue like one positive test potentially could be a false positive. But if you test positive multiple times over a ten day span, then you know you have it if you're continuing to test positive for it. So, I mean, case like what do you this is like one of the dumbest things I've seen in a while.
2: Yeah, it is very dumb because we do know we should we do know that people should be quarantining for at least two weeks. I mean, 10 days is obviously not two weeks, but, like, this does not seem like nearly enough time or a bright idea by um, the commissioner.
0: Dolan, what's your thoughts on a, like, like, 10 days is not enough time to recover if you do have coronavirus. And you're also not even, not just that, but you're putting your entire team at risk and your opponents if you can
1: play. Uh, so, okay, well, um, 10 days is definitely too short. It should be 14 to 21 days, if anything. Uh, but, yeah, that's – I mean, that's pretty much all I have to say about it. It's definitely too short. And also, um, like you said, Spence, putting the team at risk. So, I pretty much agree with everything you all have said. Yeah. Anyway, hope- the rest
0: are – potentially going to play again on tuesday to be determined if they're they deem they haven't postponed or anything yet but i mean it like again it was inevitable that someone was going to test positive but as of now the reds seem to just be one isolated incident and the rest of the team has yet to be affected. which if it's just one isolated incident like obviously you want to get the player away and get him quarantined but I don't know. Like, I mean, obviously, as long as everyone else is testing negative, I don't see any reason Reds shouldn't be able to go ahead. Casey, Dawn, you disagree with that?
2: Yeah, uh, if it's one player and it's an isolated thing, then that's different than in almost an entire team. Well, not an entire team, but yeah. numerous people in an organization being affected. Plus, we don't know exactly how the Reds player got it, but we it is for sure that the Cardinals got it by going to a casino. So I don't feel sorry about small – in the slightest bit for the Cardinals.
0: Yeah, I mean, they, they're trying to work with the, like, players, at least for the Reds, to, see, like, track it back to see... Because I think, like, NFL is, like or NBA is doing, like, wristbands to, like, track the player's location and then, like, if they do test positive, like, backtrack it to see, like, how long ago and, like, how far, like, who they came in contact with. But, again, if they... Like, if it's one player, I don't see why they... Like, obviously, spend a couple games, take a couple days off, but... As long as the rest organization is just, like, they're fully healthy, at least best we know. Trevor Bauer put out a video on YouTube, which I haven't watched, but he, like, I don't know what he exactly talked about, but I think he was covering what it's like to be, like, suspended from a season because of a player testing positive for coronavirus. So if you want to go watch that, you guys can. Anyways, shifting gears from baseball to the NHL, the playoffs are in full swing and it's been pretty fun so far. But the one big news that I really want to talk about, and I know you two aren't big hockey guys, but I just kind of want your thoughts on this. Bruins goaltender Tuko Rask opted out, came out Saturday. Apparently he opted out, and then before the game, they announced it to the media, and he went back to his home country of Finland to be with his family. He had a newborn, I believe, daughter just recently. But And I respect the player's decision. If you want to opt out because you don't think it's safe for you, by all means go for it. But in the middle of the first round of a series, it definitely can be a deal breaker for your teammates. Now, Jaroslav Halak stepped in for goalie yesterday for the Brewers, and They did get the win. So it's like the end of the world. Because they're back of goalie, has had starting experience before. But I'm just I mean, the middle of a postseason series, I mean, obviously Tuka wasn't feeling it because. On Thursday after the loss, he said, you know, it feels like an exhibition game out there. There's no crowd. And even though it is a playoffs. So I respect his decision 100%. He does need to do his best for his family. But I don't. it's just weird seeing a guy in the middle of the postseason opt out. I mean, I'll get your guys thoughts. I'll start with Casey first.
2: I mean, I completely understand it. Um, But, yes, you're right. It is in the middle of the playoffs. So it's kind of abrupt, especially he hasn't talked to the team about it much. I and mean, yeah. that leaves them with a big position to fill in one of the lines.
0: Yeah, I was a goalie, so like exactly, it's... <laughs> yeah.
2: I mean, you guys know from me playing in NHL how much I love Tuca.
0: Like, he's been really good for the team, and he's a finalist for goalie of the year award in the NHL.
2: So like, that's a huge loss.
0: Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how they pull out. But I still have faith that they can do well. Don, what's huh. your thoughts on like huh. pull out <laughs> pull? <laughs> No, we're not pulling out a goalie in the end of the game. But, Dahl, what's your thoughts? Like, how would you feel if you're a teammate? And, like, you obviously everyone respects his decision, but, like, if you're on a team and then someone just decides middle of the series to just leave for good reason, I'm not going to deny it. But, Dahl, what's your thoughts?
1: Um, So, if I'm the player, like, if you're a teammate of teammate, him, if I'm, if I'm, if so, like, if I'm his teammate. I would understand where he is coming from, um, whether it's in the middle of a playoff series or not. Cause, like you said before, they still got the win yesterday. Yeah. Um, uh, so from a player's perspective, I understand. From a fan's perspective, that is, I mean, I guess you can still understand it, but, um, it's kind of a huge loss because your goalie is one of the best in the league. Um, So I guess, I mean, you know, like I said before, things happen and um, you just got to move on with it and just hope for the best for the future.
0: Yeah, like I remember, like I woke up yesterday excited for the game and then I remember checking Twitter. I'm like, this is a huge loss for the team. I mean, obviously, like, your mind goes like, okay, what the heck's going on? Like, But you obviously – we're all people first. I respect the decision. So, and his heart wasn't in it. But, I mean, yeah, he's done a lot for the team. And I'm not going to be upset. I mean, we'll see what Yaroslav Halak can play, how he does. He's got one game and They play again tomorrow. But that wraps up for our uh, rest of the Professional Sports League. Football hasn't really had many breaking news stories in the past week. So we're gonna take a quick ad break and then come back with the NBA's news. Okay, welcome back to Out of Bounce, and we will dive into our NBA segment. First off, before we go into the what everyone wants to know, the first round, there was a couple head coach firings going on. The Bulls fired head coach Jim Boylan and Pelicans fire Alvin Gentry. I think both decisions. I think Alvin might be a little too early, but it depends if they get. Jim Boylan, I don't know why they waited this long to fire him, personally, because Chicago did not make the NBA bubble. They were one of the worst teams in the league. He hasn't shown much in the year and a half since he took over for Fred Hoiberg, who got fired. So, I don't know why they didn't do this decision earlier. Alvin Gentry, I think, I guess they just didn't see him in the future for the organization with the development of, like, Zion, Lonzo Ball, Brandon Ingram, and so on down the line. But, When these guys, when they do hire, you'll hear our opinions first from it. I don't know. I saw names thrown out like Jason Kidd could be in the mix. Uh, Ty Lue has ties with David Griffin, the GM of the Pelicans, from their days in Cleveland. That could be a name to watch out for. But, okay, I'll throw it over to Dalton first. What's your thoughts on Bulls and Pelicans firing their head coaches?
1: uh the bulls the so actually the bulls uh firing is not surprising to me and the pelicans firing definitely is um i mean i don't know i thought that i thought that gentry was a good not great head coach um and they didn't do terrible this year i guess they were okay at best and they were hanging in there, especially with Zion in the lineup and stuff. And um, as like um, the Bulls, so um, the Bulls team, they actually, their, their team is very, very young. Um, so honestly, I despite their record, I think the Bulls GM probably should have given him like another year or two so that they can develop their players because they're relatively young. Um, But they're still a terrible team. Uh, I mean, yeah, that's pretty much it. I think, um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see who the the next coaches are. Uh, I think, uh, isn't Jason Kidd coaching in the WNBA right now?
0: No, he's an assistant for the Lakers.
1: Oh, there must have been one other coach that I was thinking of <laughs> for in the WNBA. Yeah, I, I, don't, I didn't tell you. Um, yeah, I don't really have anything else on it. So, yeah, Casey, what were your thoughts
0: on
2: the Bulls and Pelicans firing their coaches? Bulls, understandable. But the Pelicans was definitely surprising with how much young talent is on that team. And with all the injuries that they faced this year. Lonzo injured. I mean, Zion obviously out for most of the year. Uh, Alvin Gentry, he's a good leader and a good people person. But I don't know if he has exactly what it takes or exactly what the Pelicans are looking for. I think they want like a, a bulldog mentality, kind of like a um, Popovich or a uh, um, Doc Rivers type. One that'll kind of... Grit and grind or be that imposing force on the sideline. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. It'd be interesting to see who they hire. Also,
0: we know Brooklyn fired Kenny Atkinson before the suspension. And so Atkinson is available if teams want him. Jock Vaughn, no guarantee if he'll get the full-time gig there in Brooklyn. So Brooklyn could be looking for a coaching hire this offseason. Another team that I say to watch out for is 76ers because Brett Brown was rumored to be getting fired last season. Potentially, I mean, it wouldn't surprise me if Philadelphia decided, hey, we need to move on from him. So there's four jobs right there that could be open for teams to look at. Again, this is just speculation right now based off stuff that I've heard around the league, just following different sources. So, again, we'll, again as soon as they get hired, you'll hear our reactions from this podcast. Another thing I want to do before we dive in is uh, pay some respects to the San Antonio Spurs and Greg Popovich. They have made the playoffs for 22 straight years, and that streak is now over. First time in all of our lifetimes that the Spurs are not going to be in the postseason. So, it's an, I mean, I don't think we'll see something quite like this again, at least for a while, because as of now, I'll, I'll let you guys go. I'm, I know I how this pulled up right now. Who do you guys think the longest active NBA playoff streak is? Dalton, what's your guess first?
1: Let Casey go first. <laughs> I got to think about it.
0: Okay, the Casey.
2: longest
0: active? Uh, longest active playoff streak. It, uh, is, I'll tell you, your Raptors are two. They're at seven. There's one team I that hasn't. the Raptors
2: a, were pr- since 2013.
0: Yeah, there's a team that has a one-year longest streak of eight seasons in a row in the playoffs. Are they in the East or West? Okay, they're
2: in the West. Okay, um, I'm gonna have to go with the um, Rockets.
0: Okay, Dawn, do you have a guess yet?
1: I'm gonna go with the Mavericks.
0: Mavericks? No, Mavericks missed it last year.
1: <laughs> it doesn't matter. My backup uh, was definitely gonna be the Thunder, but they, but I, like I know they missed it one year. Yeah, well. it
0: is. It's the Houston Rockets since 2013. They've been oh, in the playoffs, wow. and they had the longest active streak with eight seasons. So, okay, I don't know how long. I mean. Dan Tony's knows what to do in the regular season, at least. And Harden, as long as he's there in Westbrook, there will be in at least a contention. So, I see that going for a couple more seasons, at least. So, yeah, the Houston Rockets now own the longest active playoff streak. Also, longest drought, just for anyone curious. On the flip side, is the Kings 14 years still. And the Phoenix wow. Suns is at 10. Phoenix, I bring up because, uh, like, again, the next, the seeding games, Phoenix went 8-0. And Monty Williams won Coach of the Year and Dame was most valuable player unanimously in the bubble because they did give out seeding game awards. What I don't understand is how we have the seeding game awards for these brief eight games that they get out immediately, but yet the actual NBA awards that only to calculate the first games before the suspension, we know who the finalists are. Why don't we know those winners yet? Yeah, that's, I'm that's just kind of wishful thinking, but... I'll start with uh Don. Pay some respects. What do you like the Spurs? Do you think Houston or another team has a shot at breaking that record or getting close to that? No. Or yeah, I don't think we'll see something like San Antonio. I don't they think did
1: so. because San Antonio went from. I mean, they had like a tremendous draft, uh, like way back when they drafted like. David Robinson, and then a couple years later, they drafted Tim Duncan, and then they had all these young players that were good. So they just had a dynasty in the making, kind of like what Golden State did a few years ago, except the Spurs lasted almost 10 years, 10-plus 10 years. Um, but, yeah. Uh,
0: Casey, like, what? Like I mean, we've all grown up watching the Spurs, so just like seeing that and then seeing it finally coming in, we knew we had it in sometime soon. Were you? I mean, I guess the way the season went, it wasn't surprising that it was this year. But did you expect it to end as, like, this – or last as long as it did? Because we have been following the last few years. They haven't been all right. I definitely have
2: not expected it to last as long as it did. I expected it to last – I expected it to end maybe a couple years ago because – I mean, especially since when they lost Kawhi and filled it with DeRozan. DeRozan hasn't been the player they've wanted – I mean, he has definitely not been the same since he's been on the Raptors. Uh, he looks less like a scoring threat. And I, I think that it – I'm surprised it lasted this long, to be honest with you, especially how competitive the NBA has been. Yeah, I mean, it's ultra competitive. And in the San Antonio Spurs'
0: 46- or 47-year history, they've only missed the playoffs five times, which is a testament to Popovich and, I mean, even before his time, the whole organization – is a very well-run organization that I don't see – I mean, I think they'll be back sooner rather than later. They just got to get a good draft and get some development with guys. But they've been the oldest team in the league for quite some time. But, I mean, I've mentioned this briefly before, but what are you – like, Dame Lillard, we all watched the end of that game on Thursday against the Nets. We saw how he willed his team in that fourth quarter, him and CJ and company. And then, of course, the – play-in game against the Grizzlies, they got the win because CJ just went off. But, like, that Portland team has clawed his way into the playoffs, which that's what Dame said. He's like, I'm not going down unless we have a chance in the bubble to make the playoffs. So, like, just overall, Casey, your thoughts on Dame Lillard being the unanimous MVP in the bubble?
2: Unquestionably, it should go to him. I mean, and it did. But, yeah, I mean, uh, that last way few that...
0: games averaging – like 51, 61, and like 41, and something like that. Those last three games were just unbelievable performances. It, yeah, it's
2: ridiculous. I don't think I've ever seen numbers like that since Wilt Chamberlain, I think.
0: Yeah. And then, Don, coach of the year going Monty Williams for eight. No, I mean, I don't see who else you could have argued for there. Coach, oh, yeah.
2: I thought you said – I thought you I meant coach of the year. No, yeah,
0: coach of the year for the bubble was Monty Williams – or the seeding – the seeding coach of the year, first annual. Oh,
2: rightfully so. Rightfully so. Yeah.
0: Dawn, your thoughts on Damon, uh, Monty Williams bringing home honors?
1: Um, They definitely deserved it. Nobody else was even close.
0: Yeah. And just – I'm just going to read these off. I'm not going to debate them because, I mean, they all deserve it. The NBA bubble seeding games, first team award – like the first team honors was Dame Lillard, obviously. Devin Booker, who was the key piece for the Suns. TJ Warren, we all know he dropped 53 in a game. Luca, one of the best young up-and-coming players, and James Harden. Second team was Giannis Kawhi, Christoph Porzingis, Karis Levert, Michael Porter, Jr., which, I mean, this is only a small sample size, but these guys all have bright future, Or they're already the best of the best in the league anyway. But they definitely have some bright futures along. And now, for what everyone's been waiting for, our NBA playoff predictions. We're just going to do the first round here. And as each round progresses, you'll hear our picks coming in. So, first off, I'll start out east with the uh, Bucks Magic Series. For me, I think it's a huge mismatch. I avoid saying absolutes. I hate when people are like there's no chance that this team has in this series. But I think this is a kind of a surefire lock. I don't see how the Magic, who have lost Jonathan Isaac, and just honestly, they're not like there yet. And I don't know if they ever will be. But this is my only sweep that I have. I have Bucks winning the series in four games. So, Casey, what's your thoughts on the Bucks Magic series? Who do you have how many games and just your overall thoughts?
2: I have the Bucks in four. I just don't see anybody on that um, Orlando team that can match up. And Don, what are, you, are your picks on this series?
1: I give the Magic one game. I have the Bucks in five. Um, I agree with you all, uh, but I will give the Magic at least one game, since considering they're not going to be home or away. So. Actually, I mean,
0: technically, if you want to get down to Magic R in your home city in Orlando. But, I mean, if you want to get technical with that. But, anyway, this series seems to be a mismatch. Here's a series I think is going to be ultra competitive. And, for me at least, my only seven-game series, counting on the flip side of it, is the pacers Heat series. I mean, we saw how TJ Warren played. He was first-team all-bubble for a reason. Victor Oladipo is healthy and playing again. He obviously has shooters with Tyler Hero, Kendrick Nunn. Bam out of bio on the boards. He's on the list for most improved player of the year. So I see this series being very competitive, but I think I got to give it to the Pacers in seven. I just think that uh, I mean Spoelstra's been there before. But I just think I like the job Nate McMillan has done with the Pacers. And I think them having Old depot this year, they missed them last year in the postseason. I just think the Pacers pull off in seven. So Casey, what's your thoughts on this series?
2: I also like the Pacers for this just because of how hot they've been. I mean Miles Turner, TJ Warren, and Victor Oladipo. I mean that team is nasty I think they match up well against the Heat. I just don't see this Heat team matching the energy level that the um that the uh what's it what is Indiana Pacers? What, yeah, the Pacers have, <laughs> that brought I just don't see the heat matching that intensity level. So how many games do you have this series going? Uh I have it going to six. So,
0: six and pace to pacers. Okay, Don, what are your thoughts on this series? I
1: hate to do this, fellas. I have the heat in seven. Oh uh, man, we got some differences here. I only say that. Uh the heat for the for the shortened season we've had uh, the Heat and the Pacers played twice in the regular season, and the Heat won both times. So, uh, safe to say, the Heat have the pace. The the Heat has the Pacers number. Uh, but I do have them going to seven games, so it should be a good matchup.
0: Yeah, two of the final three seeding games were between the Heat and the Pacers. So if it does go the distance nine times in ten games, these teams will be very familiar with each other. I mean, they already are familiar from the scouting reports that they have. So it will be. I mean, even though the last game was only their backup players. Anyway, on to uh, Casey's favorite team, the Toronto Raptors, and their series against the Brooklyn Nets. We saw Brooklyn's game against in uh, Portland. That into the game, the offensive rebounds for Brooklyn was something I've never seen it go that many times in a row. I mean, I'm praising Brooklyn for that because it's the only time I've ever, I'm ever going to p- praise Brooklyn. But because Toronto is still the defending champs, even though they did lose Kawhi, Siakam has been an unbelievable player. Nick Nurse has been a tremendous coach. and We have the defending coach of the year versus a guy who is on an interim basis right now. That's such a huge coaching mismatch. I'll give Brooklyn one game. I just think that their size on the front court with the rebounding and Karis LeVert is could go off any night that they could take one and I'll give them one. But Raptors in five is how I see the series go. I don't see Toronto having to do anything uh, that they don't already know how to do. So, Case, I'll throw it to your way. How many games do you have
2: the Raptors? Because I know you're going to pick the Raptors. Given I mean... the uh, historic Raptors, I'm going to – Say Raptors in five, just because we're not known for winning the first game in the series ever. So yeah, I mean that—that's my pick. I mean Raptors in five, just because we have—we've never really won the first game in a series.
0: Yeah,
1: Don, how many games do you see the series going? Who do you have, fellas? Age. Were... I have Raptors in five as well. Um. Uh... I give the Nets at least one game because, you know, Karis LeVert is a dog, and Jared Allen and those boys, you saw what they did against the Blazers the other night, almost went to overtime or double OT or whatever. Uh, Yeah, it should be a good series. Yeah. So,
0: finishing off our Eastern Conference first round, we have the Celtics and the 76ers, and – this regular season, before the suspension, they played four times. Philly took in take. Uh, they took three of the four games against Boston. And a but on the neutral court in Orlando, it's going to be interesting. But Philly has always had our number. It seems not. I mean, this year at least, because in the playoffs in the past, we've dominated Philly. And as I said earlier, I think Britt Brown's not a good coach, and Brad Stevens, I think, he's one of the best coaches in the league. But that's also a little biased, but I think it's also proven that he has a good track record as a coach. I see the series going to my Celtics. I see it going six games just because Joel Embiid is still an amazing player. You know, there is no Ben Simmons. I think Embiid and Shake Milton, possibly Tobias Harris, I think they can take a couple games because Boston is due for off nights. But I think Boston's just going to be way too talented. And they, like, after what happened last year in the playoffs, they know that they have a whole different group and a different chemistry here. But Al Horford playing against his former team is going to be something to watch out for. But I'm still going Celtics and Six, so I'll throw it over to Casey for his prediction.
2: Uh, yeah, especially with the loss of Ben Simmons. I don't see the Sixers uh, making it past the first round. I mean, the Celtics have a really good team. Then again, are there is a lot of youngsters on that team. So I see this game going – I see this uh, round going to six just for the fact that they have – that the Sixers have Tobias Harris and Joel Embiid. But,
0: yeah, I, I got Celtics in six. Okay. Don, are we on consensus here, or do you have a different
1: prediction? Uh, consensus, but I have the Celtics in five games instead of six.
0: Okay. Anything you
1: want to add? The Celtics are a better team. <laughs> okay,
0: on to our Western Conference predictions. We have the first-round series of Lakers and Blazers, which I said before, of all the teams fighting for the eighth spot, Portland's a team that the Lakers least want to face because I think they can give them a good run for their money just because they with their backcourt of CJ and Dame. Mellow's been heating up. And Gary turned off the bench. I mean, Nurkic is back. I'm placing the Blazers a lot. But at the end of the day, the Lakers have LeBron James. Anthony Davis is in the playoffs again, which he doesn't have much experience. But you're coming alongside LeBron. And LeBron has never lost a first-round series in his NBA career. I don't see it happening this year. Although I do think the Blazers give him a good chance. And I think it could potentially go to seven. I'm going Lakers in six just because – Okay, they had LeBron James in the playoffs. We all know how he is. He went to eight straight finals, and there's that's no accident. He went to eight straight finals because he wills his team every single year, and some of those teams were not the best teams in the world. Lakers are not a horrible team. They got AD. It's going Lakers and six is my prediction, so I'm going to throw over to Casey now.
2: I'm the opposite. I got Blazers in seven. Oh, man. Upset alert. Is it because of the backcourt? No, nah, it's because of the bench, in my opinion. The, the Lakers just don't have the depth that the uh, Blazers do. And Dame, I think, just wants it more. I mean, the Lakers did not play well in the bubble whatsoever. They've lost to mediocre teams, even when playing all their stars. I mean, LeBron and LeBron AD. played a lot more than I thought he would. Exactly, and he still didn't win a lot of those fights. Yeah. I mean, a, lot of those, a lot of those games.
0: Yeah, and Blazers are red hot right now. I mean, coming off that playing game against Memphis, I've watched it all. Dame Dame didn't have the best fourth quarter, but CJ nailed three straight threes. Mel hit only one three in the game towards the very end. And my favorite part of postseason basketball is just having Mike Breen on the call yelling "bang" after a clutch three pointer. And he did. We saw that in the Blazers Grizzlies game. But I, I, it's gonna be a fun series to watch. Like, even though it is one eight. They're a lot closer because Portland was in the Western Conference Finals last year, if you guys don't remember that.
2: so Yeah, I mean, they, they've they just gotten better.
0: Yeah, I mean, they did lose Cantor because Cantor was their guy last year, replacing Nurkic. Uh, Cantor is not really known for his defense. But he is a good rebounder, but they have Nurkic back. So, Don, you're the tiebreaker here. We have I have the Lakers, unfortunately. I hate the Lakers. You guys know me. Dolan, case to the Blazers, Don, who do you have in the series?
1: I have the Lakers in seven.
0: Oh my what do you think is the deciding factor for the series and why you pick the Lakers in seven?
1: LeBron. LeBron is well, especially in the bubble. In fourth quarter, LeBron um seems to have taken over in some parts of the game. Um if you saw Lakers versus Clippers at the last twenty seconds and like throughout the whole fourth quarter he was actually playing defense. 17, 18 years in the league, and the guy's the only person on the team playing defense. So, just because the Lakers have LeBron, but I give Dame um, like tons and tons and tons of credit for lifting this team. And Nurk is just playing extremely well, too. Um, so, yeah, I think the Blazers and the Lakers will go to seven games. It'll be really, really exciting.
0: Yeah. Next up, we have a series that if if both teams had healthy lineups, it would be very exciting because they made a blockbuster trade last offseason. It is the Thunder and the Rockets. Of course, we all know what the trade we're talking about. This is the point guard trade, CP3, and Russell Westbrook, and a bunch of other moves that not many people care about. Maybe Dolan does because he's a Thunder fan. But the Russell Westbrook not going to play the entire series, he almost at least a few games. I don't know what the exact extent of his injury is at in the moment. But I think that with, with Westbrook being out, I see the Thunder jump off to an early lead in the series. And even when Russell Westbrook does come back, if he does, i just seen it lead being way too insurmountable. But Harden's a great player, but I just love the job Donovan's done this year as a coach. Because Dan and Tony, we've seen the past, just line the guys out there, have them space the floor and shoot threes all game long. And they made the conference finals a couple of times, but I just see it going, Thunder, and I'll give him six games because I just think that without Westbrook, I don't see the Rockets winning a couple games early. And I think that's going to be the deciding factor is Westbrook's injury. So I'll throw it over to Casey
2: now. Yeah, I mean, I like, I like the Rockets for this one still. I, I think just James Harden obviously unstoppable. And we could see the return of Russ later on in the series. And if, if that does happen – Unquestionably, I gotta say, the Rockets in at least five, but I could see it going to six or seven. So, you want me to put you out for five games
0: for this? Yeah. Okay, Don. what are your thoughts on the series?
1: Because Russ is missing a few games, and also I think the Thunder have the better team. I have the Thunder in six. SGA has done a fantastic
0: job for that team, I must say. I give a lot of credit for him.
1: True, and also the rookie Darius Bazley has been on fire lately. Yeah. I don't know what got into him over quarantine, but you know, when they when they uh, hopped back in the the uh, bubble, he was just a different player. For sure.
0: It's gonna be I mean, like I said, all these series are gonna be really fun to watch, except I don't think Bucks match is gonna be that exciting, but I think the rest have exciting matchups that to look out for. We got two more series to go. Next one is a series that it's kind of interesting, but gonna be really weird. The Nuggets and the Jazz. I mean, the Jazz have Donovan Mitchell, Rudy Gobert. We all know that by now. We've kind of gone at nausea with it. But lost, losing uh Boban Bogdanovich at the middle to uh, surgery, I think it's going to be a huge blow for the Jazz. Nuggets, we've seen both Bull Bowles play really well. Michael Porter Jr., finally getting what he was – he was a little recruit for a reason. He's showing up really well. Obviously, we know how good Jokic is. That I, I mean, I love the Jazz. I love Donovan Mitchell. He's probably my favorite player that's not in the Celtics in this league. But I just see the Nuggets just – this, I mean, last year the playoffs they went to the second round. Jamal Murray was a stone cold assassin from deep there. So I just think the Nuggets, they just match it really well, and I see them going in five this series. As well as my prediction, Nuggets in five. So Casey, what's your thoughts on Nuggets Jazz?
2: Yeah, I like I like the Nuggets just because that lineup, is, if Bo Bob does play, is one of the tallest lineups I think I've ever seen, and I don't think you can guard that if you're the Jazz. Plus the dynamic between Rudy Gobert. And um, Donovan Mitchell, we still don't know how, how repaired that is. So I can, I see this game, this one going to, uh, I think this one goes to six because yeah, we don't, we still don't know that dynamic between Rudy Gobert and Donovan Mitchell. It's still a very tender situation. So I think that's going to be a deciding factor that whole unrest in the locker room between them.
0: I mean yeah for sure Dawn
2: Nugget's Jazz what are your thoughts on that series
1: I'm go- I'm going to take the Nuggets in 5 um I think well okay so if we're going off regular season matchups this year the Nuggets are 2 and 0 against the Jazz um uh, so they already like Do I these
0: said, games happen pre-quarantine or in the bubble do you know
1: pre-quarantine Naturally, okay. they were in the regular season. Well, actually, the bubble was in the regular season, too. Yeah, but, but like it's been, a, like, we, they, it's been a long time. virus. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and the Nuggets just have the better team. Like Jamal Murray uh, and those boys. I'm going to take the Nuggets. Okay. And last but not
0: least. The uh, Clippers-Mavericks series, which I think could be, I mean, outside like lakers Blazers, I think could be the best series in terms of star power on this lineup. Because we saw the Clippers got Kawhi and PG last offseason. Mavericks have two young Euro stars in uh, Luka Doncic, Kristaps Porzingis. I mean, this series has the potential to go seven games and be a very good series. But for me, it's the Clippers' bench. They have two guys nominated for sixth man of the year in Lou Will and Montres Harrell. And, I mean, that starting lineup I think is one of the best starting lineups in the league. They have the talent. I mean, and I'll say it right here just so I'll get it out in the open. I think the Clippers will be the NBA champions this year. I've said preseason, and I'll say it now. I think the Clippers are the NBA champions. That
2: being said, I got Clippers going six games with the Mavericks here. Wait, 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 wait. You have – the. NBA champions go into six games in the first round? We've seen it happen before. I think the Mavericks match up well, but it's not unheard
0: of for a champion to go to six or seven games in the first round. All
2: right.
0: I mean, I I don't know how recently, like, I I don't have a history, but I know at least my 08 Celtics team went seven games the first two rounds in the series, and they were the one seed that year. So it's not unheard of for a team to go very far in the first round, but I, I think the Clippers do win it all. That's just, I, I'll get your guys' thoughts afterwards,
2: but I'm giving that up now. So, Casey, what's your thoughts on the Clippers-Mavericks series? Clippers in five. I mean, then again, that bench infinitely better than the than the um, Mavericks. Montrezl Harrell on almost any other team would be a starter, and I have no idea why he's not starting on this team because they do need a power forward. Yeah, for sure, he'll get but... paid in the off season. But yeah, the Mavericks just don't have the bench to match up. Plus, um, I think Kawhi shuts down whoever he's guarding, whether that be Kristaps or Luca. I mean, I mean, actually, never mind. You're not going to shut down Luca no matter what. But I, I do think Kawhi is going to hold him to career lows.
0: Yeah, Dolan, what's your thoughts on Clippers-Mavericks? This can be a fun series, in my opinion.
1: Clippers in six. They have stars in the PG-13 and Kawhi Leonard. And Kawhi Leonard, if he wins the title this year, could be the first person ever to win it with three different teams.
0: Well, I be the first person ever, but I could be the first person to be finals MVP on three different teams. Because Robert Horry won on three different teams. He won with uh, the Bulls, Lakers, and Spurs.
1: That's what I meant, finals MVP.
0: First person to be finals MVP on three. Or LeBron could. I mean, like, so it could be, it's gonna be fun to watch LeBron and Kawhi duel it out. They made the conference finals together. So, you guys have heard my pick. I think the Clippers win the NBA Finals this year. And I've, I had that preseason, and I'm sticking to my guns on the Clippers being the champions this year. Dalton, I'll throw it out to you first here. Who is your NBA champion and why?
1: Um, you just sprung this one on me, Spencer. Let me see. Uh, okay. Alright, let's see. Uh... <laughs> I think it's... Well, I mean, I don't have a... De- I don't have a... De- I really don't have, like, a definitive champion at this point, but I do have a couple teams... or, like, a few teams that could very well win it. Uh, The Clippers, the Nuggets... Um... Nuggets would be an interesting champion because uh, that'd be...
0: The weird, uh, that'd be the one of the weirdest champions in uh, recent
1: memory. yeah. The Celtics, the uh, the uh, Clippers, the Nuggets, the Bucks, um, the Lakers. If LeBron and AG, AD just somehow click and like go off, um, Raptors have not, Pending what like all, how like the bracket sh- out. Um. Yeah. yeah. No. So those are my. Uh, those are like just like the few teams that I'm looking at.
0: Yeah. So, Case, I'll you. Who is your pick to be the NBA champions this year? Uh,
2: it's between two teams for me. It's between the Clippers and the Raptors.
0: Yeah. So, uh, it's safe to say that's your conference – that's your NBA finals matchup.
2: Yeah, but I, I – I, I, between I, – I just don't know between the two of them, how they match up against each other right as of now. And I just think they're the best teams in the respective conferences. Yeah. I mean,
0: I made a bracket. I think the Bucks. I I don't know. The Bucks are the team I don't think does well, but I just don't. I couldn't pick against them really. So I think the Bucks have a really good shot making the finals for the first time in a long time. Finals I would love to see. And it's partially because it's my favorite team, but uh, I have a friend of mine who's a Clippers fan. That both times Celtics and Clippers played went to overtime and double overtime with the home team winning both times. So I said, give me seven games of this in June a while back before everything got suspended. But I think it'd be a very fun, possibly a seven game series to go to overtime would be Celtics and the Clippers. I don't think that will be the finals, but if that is the finals, I will love that personally. Man, any other closing remarks with the NBA playoffs before we go on to our conclusion of the show?
2: Um, no, I, I mean, I think it's, found to be a, definitely an interesting playoff series especially with everything that's been going on but I think yeah it's definitely going to be an interesting one for the record books. I'm just excited to see basketball on all day
0: uh, you can bet I mean I don't really have many classes in the afternoon that much but if I'm in class and the games on there's a good chance I'm going to have it especially if I'm in an online class I like go on a Zoom call I'm going to have a TV on the background with the games on. I'm just going to say that right here and, and no one would fault me for that but Anyway, before we went on break, Casey brought up the good teachers point. will fault you for it. I mean, they will they find out. But before we went on our ad break, while we were on break, Casey decided to mention one point that I should have mentioned earlier when we were discussing the show, college football. Justin Fields, the Ohio State football quarterback, one of the most funny electrifying quarterbacks I saw last year. And I think anyone that watched football can agree with that. Has a petition for the we want to play movement because Big Ten has suspended their season. Looking forward, looking maybe to play in the uh, springtime. Has garnered a lot of signatures. and trying About to
2: 24,000 and four the... hours of it being up.
0: Yeah, trying to get the Big Ten to move their season back to the fall. I just don't see a fall season happening because way too much unknowns. And, I mean, it's the way it came out and announced D1 fall championships, which does not count the FBS, have been postponed and suspended maybe they might do it in the spring so it's a very grim uh it's a very grim day for college athletics uh, my thing is it's a, not really a good look at it but excuse me it does kind of like even out because the spring sport athletes like winter sports got screwed with their championships spring sport lost most of their season so fall sports losing their season i don't I hate saying this but it does kind of even out a bit with, like, everyone is now kind of lost in that year of eligibility, which they'll get back. I mean, they're not going to lose in the year of eligibility, but they've lost that season for development. Uh, for me, personally, I think it hurts the high school kids more because, like, yes, college seniors, it maybe, like, hurts your draft stock. We know if Joe Burrow didn't play last year, there's no way in hell he would have been a first overall pick. I mean, Spencer, you could argue he wouldn't even be drafted. Yeah, you could argue that, too. Like, that's a good that's a good point you bring up. But, like, the... High school seniors, I think, it hurts the most because high school football, like, senior years or final year, you have no chance to come back, whereas college, you can theoretically keep coming back. But, like, the high school kids, if there's no football season or any sports season. There's no scholarship opportunity there because, I mean, unless you're a superstar who goes to all these camps, you're not really noticed. I mean, I could see possibly, like, the next couple years, JUCO being a good route for—I mean, it's not really a good route, but it could be a viable option for these seniors athletes to go out and get some reps at football, get your scholarship opportunity, and see. So, I mean, like, I mean, you guys were both players in sports in high school. So, like, Dalton, if you you ran cross country in high school, so how would you have felt if your season just got like postponed or canceled? Especially like if you were like a better runner and you were going out for scholarship opportunities.
1: Okay, so I would, okay, given the circumstance of everything going on, I wouldn't, I would sort of be disappointed, but I would also understand that especially, especially with cross country, um, that's more, it's, it's like. We can't, we can't like run with our mask on, like it's sort of, it's sort of like you kind of, you kind of like have to deal with it. Um, so, as like that with that sport specifically, that's kind of a whole another issue. Um, and going back to Houston Fields' um, petition, give him credit for putting out a petition and all, uh, trying to get false sports back. But it ultimately is up to the NCAA commissioner. He's the one that's running the show. So um, I would like to see how that plays out.
0: Yeah, I, I personally don't see college football happening unless there is a drastic change with them possibly forming a union, which would change college athletics forever. But like Casey, you, you ran. You, I mean, you ran. You swam in college in high school. Excuse me. So like,
2: what's your thoughts on all this stuff going on? I don't know. I mean, I mean, swimming is way different than many other sports because you're isolated to one lane, and you're in something that kills coronavirus almost instantaneously—chlorine. I mean, it's a very touchy subject, but See, get me, don't get me wrong—I I like that Justin Fields put out the put out the uh, the uh, petition, but. I've also seen news that he may transfer somewhere if he doesn't get to play this year, so I don't know
0: that again. Now I don't know how you would go about that. Like I, I saw that too, but like the waiting subway is because he already transferred once from Georgia to Ohio State and got cleared immediately. And I'm glad he did because if he didn't get cleared immediately, there's a chance like this year gets canceled too. where he never plays a down in college football outside of the few he did in Georgia. And I was kind of glad he did because we don't have to transfer waivers work. There's hit or miss here or there. But it will be something to watch, a developing story. I mean, I expect the season to be fully canceled because right now we're down to Big 12 still wants to play. ACC and SEC. SEC is steadfast that they're going to play. And then a few smaller conferences have yet to postpone. And again, I don't think spring works because you place a spring season and a fall season. I think that's way too much wear and tear. On a student athlete's body, but we'll see what happens here. Any other closing remarks? I'll start with Casey, and then go to Dalton for closing remarks before we close the show out.
2: Uh, one more thing that I wanted to discuss was the firing of FC Barcelona's coach after, humil- after a humil- hum- humiliating loss to Bayern Munich, uh, eight to two. Uh, for I mean, if anybody who doesn't know soccer, that is an insane amount of goals. Usually, you're lucky to see you know, one goal. But the fact that Bayern, uh, Bayern Munich scored eight on probably one of the best teams in the history of soccer. I mean, you got Suarez. You got um Messi. You have just so many good players and get blown out. It, it, it's just amazing to me. But, yeah, their coach got fired today.
0: Yeah, I'm not – too aware of
2: soccer? I mean, I know
0: of these teams, but obviously a coaching change was needed when you give up eight goals. Also, I think you got to get a new goalie at this point. But...
2: Or a new well, defense.
0: Yeah, or, yeah, that was is a horrible game. don't any closing remarks for you, or you want to elaborate on
1: FC Barcelona's firing of their coach? Tough loss for FC Barcelona. Yeah. Uh, get a new goalie or – and also get a new coach. you got issues, and you, you got to figure them out quick because you're FC Barcelona, and you're supposed to be one of the best teams in soccer. Uh, yeah, uh, so basically, like, other than that, I don't have any other closing remarks.
0: Okay, well, thank you guys for tuning in to another episode of Out of Bounds. As always, we appreciate your support. Give us a review. Give us feedback. You guys know how to reach us. If you don't, well, that's your loss, I guess, at this point. But anyway, feel free to reach out to us to give us feedback and enjoy watching the NBA playoffs and the continuation of the NHL playoffs because I will continue to push that forward because NHL playoffs need viewership, obviously. But we'll be back again probably next Sunday again recapping the NBA playoffs, NHL, and any other news going on in the sports world. As always, I'm Spencer Brown.
1: I'm Casey Reardon. I'm Dalton Bishop.
0: Signing off. So enjoy the rest of your day, guys. Adios.
1: See you.